It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, on a rather somber Monday, September 11th, um, the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. And this is news that you can use from your friends at Car Edge with your host, uh, me, Ray, and Zach. All right. We are going to start today's show off before we get into the affordability crisis. We're going to review some of the things that we've been talking about for a long, long time. But we are going to start that with September 11th. So obviously, um, one of, if not the most traumatic, terrifying, uh, worst days in the history of the world and history of the United States, that's for sure. Yes. Um, you were working on September 11th. I, I, re- I remember on September 11th, I was getting, getting ready for work and mom called me over. She said, you got to see this. And um, we were living in Arizona. We were living in Arizona. So this was very early in the morning in Arizona. And they're showing the pictures of, of what's going on at the World Trade Center. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously it was rather shocking and scary. Um, and went off to work that day, which was uh, actually, it turned out to be a very, very busy day at the dealership. But everybody, all the employees were just gathered around the TVs the whole day. Uh, and it was very hard uh, to focus on, well, trying to make car deals and trying to take care of customers when we were actually trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Um, and I will never forget um, that night, you know, where we lived in, in North Scottsdale, we were near the Scottsdale airport and we weren't that far from the Phoenix airport. And so there were always planes overhead, but that night there was nothing there. There was, I mean, it was dead silence. And if you did hear a plane and we did occasionally, and they were military jets, um, it it was uh, just a tad bit disconcerting. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It was, it was really, Really a, a, a tough day, a tough day in the history of our country. Um, uh, uh, just, you know, what it what it meant to the country and and, you know, the the, the first responders in New York and and all, it was just it was just a terrible day. Yeah. Yeah. And the plane that crashed at the Pentagon. Yeah. And that crashed in Pennsylvania. Yes. And um, yeah, thousands of people lost. Their, yeah. No, it's just it's a it's a. It's a day where you don't really do a, you don't really do a YouTube live show to be honest. Um, but we'll try and we'll try and lighten the mood a little bit and um, give people who were affected by today, which is all of us, but those of you who had someone intimately connected to to what the tragedy that took place, give you a bit of a distraction distraction from that for at least 20, 30 minutes here. Um, yeah, really, really, really sad day and um, yeah, we should scary stuff. We should never forget. And and you know, it's it's. It's easy to type that. It's harder to live that. Um, but we we should never forget. We should. It, it should never. It, it should never be at the back of our minds on September 11th. It should always be at the front of our minds, and uh, we should honor those who who lost their lives. We should honor the first responders. We should. We should honor uh, the city of New York for the way they handled that and bounced back from that. It was, uh, 
pretty re, a pretty remarkable time in our history. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, let us switch gears. Okay. Um, again, please do not think of us having our normal shows of any any form of disrespect or or lack of appreciation for the magnitude of what happened on this day. But let's switch gears. Let's talk about affordability, Dad. There were a few pieces of information that came out over the past few weeks that have pointed even more of a signal towards the fact that you can't afford to buy a car. Mm -hmm. We will actually have new average transaction price data for new vehicles from Kelly Blue Book out tomorrow. And that will likely show that average transaction prices have come down just a smidgen. Yes. Unfortunately, the affordability of those vehicles continues to get worse and worse. And that is simply a function of interest rates continuing to go up. And payments continuing to go up. Which forces, <laughs> which forces payments to yes. go up. We talked about it on the Saturday night show, Dad. I'll pull it up on the screen for those who were, who were not able to be with us on Saturday night. Let me pull this up for everyone. There has been car price inflation. That's essentially what has happened in the United States. This is the unfortunate reality. It's automakers have chosen to produce cars that are more expensive, that more people can't afford. Mm -hmm. And all of the data is starting to demonstrate and show that those vehicles, they've been selling great for a long time. They're finally starting to sit around. Again, the numbers are pretty pretty damning. You can see here, and we'll sort this by five-year price increase. Subaru has the lowest price increase of any automaker for their new vehicles. It's only gone up 25, only gone up. 25.14% in the past five years. Nissan at 25.25, GM at 26.99, Toyota at 32.15, Honda at 36, call it 37%, Volkswagen at 37%, Ford at nearly 42%, Hyundai at nearly 46, and Stellantis rounded up. That's 49% price increase in five years. And when, when just, just to, to be fair to the Volkswagen group, um, you can't just say Volkswagen because Volkswagen Group is Audi, Volkswagen, Porsche, um, Lamborghini. Um, so, you know, the the price increases probably have uh, been higher on the Audi, Porsche, Lamborghini side of things than, say, on the uh, Volkswagen side of things. Super fair. But that also ties back to allocation of resources. We're mm -hmm. going to make more of the expensive vehicles and less of oh, yes. the affordable yeah. vehicles. Every one of the manufacturers has decided to do that. That's then paired. Then. We talk, we spend a lot of time on this channel talking about it. That's then paired with cost of ownership. Mm -hmm. AAA put out new research that shows the cost of ownership is now over 12000 freaking dollars a year as when opposed you, to just regular dollars when you own a <laughs> yes. new car in the united states so it doesn't really matter if your car payment is a thousand dollars or more there's data out there that sh that says the average car payment over a thousand dollars is it what is it it's like more than one in five new it's, car it, payments it was 18 percent. it's close to one in five so nearly 20 percent of car yes. payments are over a thousand dollars and the average new car payment has has hit at 738 dollars yeah it's close to 750 yeah. Okay. But the data from AAA, when you start to factor in the full cost of ownership, mm -hmm. insurance, maintenance, that car payment, depreciation doesn't even get factored into this as much as it probably should or could. You're over $1,000 a month with oh, ease. easily. Yeah. I, I mean, just insurance alone, how much have insurance rates gone up over the last three to five years? Um, I, I am sure that if, if, Average prices have gone up 25 to 45 percent. 
my my supposition is that uh, the insurance rates have gone up equally as much because if one of these cars gets in an accident, it's it's much more expensive to repair today than it was five years ago. So interest goes up, monthly payments go up, insurance costs go up. Yep. It, it is no surprise to me that that it is well in excess of $12,000 a year for people who, the total cost for people who have purchased a new car. Um, I, I personally, I would think it would be more than that. Well, when you factor everything in. There are two factors that I'm thinking about today, Dad, that I think could make the affordability crisis even worse. Okay. You ready? Yeah. One, the looming UAW strike, that impacts the uh, Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis, the domestic yes. automakers. That's one. Two, the push for electric vehicles. We are seeing these automakers lose money on their current pricing of electric vehicles. We also yes. see the average transaction prices for electric vehicles are significantly higher than their internal combustion engine peers. Those two factors, Dad, lead me to believe that the affordability crisis is not going to get better anytime soon. If anything, it's going to continue to get worse. Um, well, you know, most of your manufacturers have uh, have uh, abandoned the affordable car uh, segment. And when I say affordable car segment, I'm talking about vehicles that have an MSRP between twenty and thirty thousand um, dollars. So they they just don't produce very many of those uh, because well the profit margins aren't as high for them to do that. You know most of them have introduced some relatively inexpensive entry level vehicles, but they're just not producing them in any great numbers so that. If the vast majority of people wanted to buy them, they wouldn't be able to because they they don't exist in those numbers. Yep. Um, the one thing about EV prices is the average transaction prices for EVs has dropped significantly. Definitely. A year ago, or or maybe 15, 18 months ago, the average transaction for an EV was like sixty six thousand dollars. Today, it's a little bit over $52,000. They have come down significantly, but their highs were quite high, and they're still yes. higher than oh, yes. the average vehicle, the median vehicle. Yes, you know, but the, the average transaction price on new vehicles altogether is, is about forty-seven, almost $48,000, which, as I've been saying for months and months and months and months, is... <sighs> Out of reach for most people, there was, I think it's car dealership guy who did an interview with Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan Smoke, Smoke. Yeah. Uh, from uh, Cox Automotive. And, and you know, the takeaway was that as he sees it, at least 50% of the buying public can't afford to buy a car, especially when the bulk of those people don't want a car payment above $400 a month. Well, a four hundred dollar a month car payment a doesn't really exist anymore, no. and b uh, doesn't buy you much in the way of a car. And you know, I think the chasm's even greater than that. I I keep saying that that it's probably the the manufacturers are really playing to about thirty five to forty percent of the market of people who they they assume can actually afford to buy a car and they've abandoned 
the rest of us, the 55 to 60 percent of the market that would like to be in the market, but realize that they can't be. Yeah. Um, and it 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 seems to me that you're moving in the wrong direction if you're cutting out the majority of people as potential customers for your product. And every time we have this conversation, every time we have this conversation, one company comes to mind that feels like they're bucking the trend. Would that be Subaru? No, I'm not thinking about one of the legacy automakers. Uh, would that be Tesla? It just feels like every single headwind mm -hmm. for the industry is actually a it's tailwind, a tailwind for, for Tesla. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. And we, we see it and we read the comments. People on both sides of, I love this company, I hate this company. Yeah. You can't deny the fact that while everyone's going left, they're going right. Mm -hmm. Prices are going up, their prices are coming down. down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the the selling price of the new Teslas is well below where they had been. Well at the beginning. Yeah. Where they had been at the beginning of the year. And as we've said in the past, the unfortunate reality of that is that those people who bought at the end of last year or in the fourth quarter of last year or the first oh, quarter of this yeah. year are, are taking in the shorts as far as the amount of depreciation of their vehicle over that time frame. It is significantly higher depreciation than what we would have normally seen in the past because of the significant decline in the retail asking prices for those vehicles. But I also believe huh. that um, for the most part, the early adopters have adopted and there is a, a little bit of a slowdown in the demand for EVs, which is why oh, totally. we're, yeah, which is why we're seeing uh, EV inventories of the legacy manufacturers building. And people say to us, well, well, what's the day supply of, of Tesla? We don't know because it's manufacturer to consumer sales. You know, there isn't like a We do real, know for use. We don't know for yeah, new. Yeah. There isn't like a real dealer network that would give us an idea of what their on-hand inventory is. But as Tesla's on-hand inventory grows, well, that's also one of the factors as to why they lower their prices. Yeah, no, I mean, you're not incentivized to lower prices unless yeah. you need to. That being said, that being said, yes. when you talk about the affordability crisis, again, everyone's going left, they go right. Everyone's yes. going right, they go left. Everyone else is going up, 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 up market. Yes. Even on the EV stuff, look at the price points for the EVs that are out there. There was a comment in the chat from Lumber Jeff saying, look at the Bolt. The Bolt actually did pretty well. The Bolt EUV did pretty yes. well. Then yes. you look at like a Mach-E, it hasn't done particularly well. The price point. Mm -hmm. Probably has a lot to do with that. I want to do a quick experiment. Yes. Didn't see that coming, did you? No, not not from you. Here's what I'm interested in. I want to see. We've been talking about how Teslas have lost a lot of value. Yeah. I actually want to put it to the test really quick and see. Whoops, Tesla. I want to see if we're seeing that in the trade-in values. I imagine we are. I would see. think we are. What do you want to do? A model? Well, model three is model three. three. Yeah. I think they're they're bread and butter. Yeah. All right, let's do this one. Give me one second. So this dealer is asking 30, let's say 40 grand. Yeah. They're asking 40 grand. They've had this one for a while. I just want to see price history real quick. No price history. So this has just been the one price they've had. Mm -hmm. And what I'm interested in, Dad, is maybe this is the affordable vehicle of the future. I want to yes. see if those folks have been, quote, unquote, taking it in the short. So we've got um, 13,000 miles. This is the VIN. I'm going to go to the cell tab. Yes. 
This I always find so interesting. What do we say? 13,000? Yes. And let's go Arizona. All right, so let's see here. Why, where the market would be hot for? I'm hopeful. Or hotter. Wow, look at that. What? There are no partners in Arizona trying to buy Teslas right now. What does that say? Does that say that they're like, because this would be CarMax and CarGurus and things like that. Too much volatility. Oh, exactly. A lot of them, the way it's going to work for a lot of dealers is, and and I'll I'll put it in layman's terms, and it was also it would also be uh, car dealership parlance. If they can't steal it, they're not going to trade it. Okay, so if the book value, if you were to put that vehicle, say in the black book, all right, give me one okay, second. and and let's say if the book value, the wholesale book value was was thirty five thousand dollars. The used car manager is thinking to himself, if I can't trade that car for, I don't know, 27000 I don't want it. I have, to, I have to really hedge on this market. So if they can't steal it, they ain't going to buy it. Dealer wants forty grand for it. Okay, black book's nowhere even in that vicinity. Yeah. So yeah. so if average re, if average trade in, okay, is twenty eight thousand dollars. Call twenty nine thousand dollars. The my guess would be that the dealer is going to offer the customer twenty grand, and if the customer says okay, I'll take it. The dealer's going. Oh, I probably made a mistake, um, but there should be enough margin, enough room in there that I can afford the risk. Um, and if the customer doesn't want to trade it in, then the dealer is going to go, great. I don't want it anyway. I mean, yeah. that's really yeah. what it boils down to. Um, you know, there's always been certain vehicles that if as a trade, if you couldn't steal it, you weren't interested in it at the dealership level. I mean, that's every vehicle, but then there's levels of interest, I imagine. Oh, yes. that, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah we, but yeah. but there, there's some. I mean, we, we've just seen with, with Tesla's ability to continually afford to be able to drop the, 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 the price. retail price to begin with on the new ones, it, is, it scares the hell out of dealers to want to trade one because they don't know at what point there's going to be another price reduction, which will negatively impact the wholesale value of the car they're sitting on. So even so, it's super interesting. So we're talking about how the only company going left, yes, bringing prices down, yes. improving the affordability crisis while everyone's going right, raising yes. prices and things like that. We're actually seeing a strengthening in trade-in offers. We've had like a bit of a dip, and yes. now we're seeing a strengthening in trade-in offers for normal ice internal combustion engine vehicles. While we're seeing instability, and a, oh, yes. look at this comment that just came in, Dad from Learning Fest. Yes, Vroom. Stopped buying Tesla vehicles yes. altogether. They literally wouldn't even quote them before. Now they just ultra lowball them. Some people yes. get offers. So it's like the affordability crisis in one on one hand, Tesla is helping to improve because they're offering lower priced options, but they're also then rapidly depreciating their in-market vehicles versus the other automakers who are continuing to keep prices high, trying to sustain less inventory so that the price elasticity is there. Which then keeps the trade in values high. It's it's a weird, yes, weird combination. But, yeah, but if you if you if if you own a Tesla and you want to trade it, you want to get out of it, you want to get into something else, 
you're you, you just like I say, if a dealership can't steal Stealing. the vehicle, they're you know, and and like I say, when it has to be a significant reduction from what trade-in would be, um, they're they're not going to do it, and and I would imagine that at Cox Automotive, um, you know, their Mannheim market reports, uh, they probably can't keep track of how rapidly some of these EVs are declining in value. And so the dealership pre-owned managers just look at that and go, <laughs> I don't want it. Yeah. I don't want to take the risk. And, and, you know, some dealer principals would say to their used car managers, I don't want you to trade any EVs, any, any Teslas, any, any EVs. EVs. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's, there's a fear. There definitely is. Yeah. All right, Pops, let's come to the chat here for a few minutes. We've got from Mario saying yeah. Car Care Nut, AMD, the Car Care Nut, did a review of Tesla. Absolute garbage. So that's my take. You know, I, and, and, and I appreciate Car Care Nut saying that, um, but I don't really necessarily find that to be the case. I think when Tesla first started producing cars, there were some um, build issues that they weren't really aware of that and, and that they've been able to improve the, the way their cars are built. And now the fit and finish of their cars has never been um, as, as good or as high a quality as you would want it to be. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I would be hard pressed to say that, that they're garbage. Um, they don't have nearly as many moving parts as, as an ICE vehicle. Um, they don't require nearly as much maintenance as an ICE vehicle. Um, so that I, you know, I, I, I think, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the, what's, I'm, I don't know the word. I'm looking for. Well, I do know the word, but I can't think of it at the moment. But I, I, I think it's a better quality car than, than most people would would realize. I think again, it comes it's back. It's more to reliable it's, than most it's, people. The reliability of a Tesla is higher than than probably ninety percent of most ice. Vehicles. It's a polarizing brand. So you have people on either ends of the of the spectrum saying it's garbage or it's great. Mm -hmm. And you know, you, obviously, everyone needs to make their own decision. Thought that was an interesting yes, comment. Yeah. Want to pull up? This is also interesting from Igor as material costs will continue to rise for car production. The prices will continue to increase and the 40 affordability crisis will only get worse. Exactly. Which is predicated on also like making sure wages go up and things like that as well. And we've known this for a long time. Car prices have increased more significantly than real wages. wage growth. Yes. That's that. Lots of data on that. Yes. We've got here, dad from Chris Ford is cutting quality on internal uh, combustion engine vehicles to support their EVs big time. Well, wait, Ford so wait, this wait, great what example. do you mean Ford is cutting quality? I mean, Quality is, is, as I like to say, job done at Ford these days. This is the third year in a row that they're leading the major leagues in recalls. Okay. Um, so I, I, would, I, I would just question, you can't cut quality any more than they've already cut quality. Um, Coming soon, um, yeah. pre-negotiated pricing on Fords from CarEdge with nationwide delivery yeah. to your door. Just thought we'd pitch that after we crush them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, here, can I say one thing? 
the beauty of this is that I will say what I think, whether whether it whether it materially matches what it is that we're trying to do or not. Yeah, because what we're trying to do is influence the industry. To, yes. Yeah. Anyway, so yes. Stay tuned. And, and so big update coming. Soon. Yeah. So Basham then. So we did that with Stellantis products in Staten Island. Jarrett knows the drill. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, you know, I do. We, we, we didn't start going there today. It was in that comment where the guy said they're cutting quality. He kind of teed us up. Yeah. You can't cut quality when there isn't quality to be cut. Again, the pre negotiated price. All right. It will be perfect. <laughs> Dad, let's go. Mark yeah. said this. Yeah. Hey, Ray and Zach, I'm considering getting a dealer's license yes. and going into the business for myself. Suggestions? You don't. <laughs> uh, suggestions, you need You need a, a heavy credit line and deep pockets. Um, and if you do it, you know, separate yourself from everybody else by doing it the right way. And advertising the fact that you do it the right way, and hopefully you can build your business doing it the right way. But there's enough dealers out there that do it the wrong way already. We don't need any more of those. We've got from Frag New. I yeah. wish we had a way to calculate depreciation over the life of the car. Oh, ready? My goodness, we do. Ready, ready, ready. All right. Yeah. I am on. Let me do it right now. We're all going to go together. CarEdge.com. One of my favorite places. And then hover over resources, come down here, click on free data, and then choose a vehicle. Yeah. Mm, Ford. Okay, yeah. Mm, F-150. Sure. Research. Yeah. There you are. You're everywhere, man. I am. I am like horse poop. Click on. On the days of horses. Click on this depreciation circle or square, excuse me. Literally tells you right there. Depreciate 24% after five years. And then you can come down to the calculator. I bought it brand new. Here's how much I paid. I'm going to own it for five years. I'm going to drive, I don't know, 9,000 miles a year. And there you go. There's your depreciation curve and all of your associated data. Yes. And that is free. 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 Absolutely 100% free. And we don't talk about that data often enough, in my opinion. Ooh, also, speaking yes. of which, CarEdge.com slash cheat yes. for our free cheat sheets that'll help you buy a car. We had another comment come through in the chat, Dad. Speaking of yes. help buying a car, this is from over on Facebook from Kim. I have to buy a car this week, but once I call the dealership, the car is not there as advertised. Mm. I'm so frustrated that the coaching program and your coaches have been amazing. Dad, why do dealers... Thank you for the kind words, Kim. We're obviously here to help. Why do dealers do that why do they advertise things and then you call them and you're interested in them and they don't actually exist because the the idea is to create interest and then hopefully the salesperson um can talk enough stuff to bring you in anyway to look at what they do have and that's the way dealerships operate you know i've had we've had this conversation before if you're if the premise of your business is built on deception then you're doing it wrong and that's deception and and you know, it's the way the world works. Unfortunately, exactly. I mean, you just you get on the internet and you and and you see like headlines, and the headline right when you get to the meat of the headline, it's dot dot dot. That they're not telling you everything, so you got to click on it. Everything on the internet is well, you got to click on it. We can't give you everything up front, and and dealerships operate the same way, and yeah. it's and it's. 
I wish they wouldn't. I, I'm, you know. Hey, no, it, it, we get it. It is what it is. That's why, obviously, yeah. we have That's the service. That's why we exist. That's why we have the service. Of them. And also, yeah. we will bash an OEM, but also then still work with the dealer yeah. to try and make the experience it's better. Experience better. Yeah. I want to do one more experiment, yes. then. Fuzzy Gray Toad. Yes. I just want a low mileage five year old Camry for less than twenty thousand dollars. I want to question. I don't think that's possible. I want to. I'm going to question to the chat. Yeah. We're going to do the search nationwide yeah. on CarEdge.com here in just a second. How many? And we're let's define low mileage. Five well, years. He wants low, less than twenty thousand miles for less than twenty thousand dollars. Oh, for less. Okay. So what do you so, think? What's low well, mileage? Well, for well let's years? ask Fuzzy Gray. What do you Fuzzy Gray Toad? When you say you want a low mileage, what does that mean? It's low mileage. What's that translate into you for you? Because my my thought on what low mileage is could be completely different than what well, your let's thought assign, is. We'll wait if, for the, yeah. if the average amount of miles driven in this country is fifteen thousand miles a year, that would be seventy five thousand miles or less would be considered low miles. Um, and I'm guessing there we go, sub fifty thousand miles. So I was going to say I'm guessing that that fuzzy gray toad is going to want less than seventy five thousand miles. You ready? Yeah. So he wants ten thousand miles a year. All right. So under fifty thousand miles. Yeah. Everyone, put your guesses in the chat. You got to state your guess here. How many? Yeah. We'll start here. We'll give you a little bit of help. How how many will how there many be? How many are there going to be? How the, many Camrys with yeah. less than fifty thousand miles and that are less 20, than twenty thousand dollars? None. Yeah. None. So we got one none. Look at that. There's one that's already popping up here. 66,000 miles. Okay. So let's see. Let's see. So you're saying none. Yeah. I'm going to say there's, because advertised prices are usually fake on that. Yes. Well, that part. I'm going to say there's going to be 25. Okay. Nationwide. Yeah. All right. So we've got Toyota Camry. We're talking used. used. We're going to do miles first. Yeah. Where are you, miles? You're in mileage. Thank you. And we said... He Under wants a five, 50. yeah, and he wants a five-year-old one. So that would be what? A twenty eighteen. Yeah, twenty eighteen or newer. Yeah, ten thousand six hundred. This is looking solid. All right, now let's go price. So we're saying under twenty thousand yes. dollars. A hundred and fifty, Dad. Yeah. Just don't look at some of these. Just just stop looking at them. Oh, why? Just stop looking. Just stop. <laughs> That's bad. That's bad. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. yeah. You, you know why they have such low miles? Because they were total when they were in that accident. And they just stopped driving them. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. That's not a good look. No. Let's see here. Wait, let me go to history and let me do clean record okay there we go 22 okay you there are 22 non-salvage titles yeah <laughs> toyota camrys with less than there you go fuzzy gray Toad. yeah 22 get 22. prepared for your uh, your across america uh trip to go look at one. Oh gosh affordability yeah. crisis i don't know yeah that will buff out <laughs> yeah, of course it will you know yeah, painless dent repair. I think yeah. that example. I think that example for Fuzzy Gray Toad yeah. is the perfect example of the affordability crisis. Oh, absolutely! You yeah. don't have an enjoyment. And, and then, and then the reality is that that you know when you when you get to any of those dealers, it's oh well, that's that's plus a two thousand dollar reconditioning fee. Let's look at this as well, though, because we talked about it earlier. The cost of ownership. So it actually might show up here. Let's see. Yeah. So let's say we're interested in this one from Honda. 
of Fort Myers. We think there's a little bit of negotiation. Oh, yeah. There. The good news there is the dock fee won't be much more than $1,000. Yeah, seriously. Is, you know, so you can you can automatically advertise your car $1,000 less than everybody else because you're going to charge a $1,000 dock fee. We used to have some of the cost of ownership data um, here. So now we got to go back, though. It'd be nice to... Maybe that'll be a future edition that we'd add back in. So again, resources and, and what model uh, Camry was it? Yeah, a trim. You mean? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't look. So we've got Camry yeah. research. I just kind of want to get a sense for how much it costs to own this thing. Well, so it costs yeah. about five grand a year. Yeah, a little over five grand. A year. So yeah, I mean, we're talking about that'd be affordable in today's market. That'd be incredibly affordable in today's market. Yeah, you can't get a new one. No, 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 no. I'm talking about five grand a year, yeah. so six hundred dollars a month to own it, plus you're paying for a twenty. Anyway, a perfect example of the affordability crisis and what's going on right now. All right, today is a very difficult day. Yeah. Thank you for spending some of your time with us. Um, hopefully, we've given you a bit of a distraction from all else that is going on in the world. Um, let's come back tomorrow. Let's do it again tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that's my plan because um, tomorrow is the last day. That we're yeah. going to do a noon live stream where we're actually side by side. For at least a little while. Um, yeah. For yeah. the foreseeable future. Oh, also, thank you to everyone. I ran in yesterday's um, 70.3 Half Ironman here in Atlantic City. And I think a lot of community members were tracking me and uh, cheering me on from afar. So thank you. That yes. really was awesome. And my dad did make it to the finish line. Of course. Of course, I, I saw you at two different locations. It's only three times. Yes, but at two different locations. Two different locations. So yes. thank you for being there. It really meant a lot to me. I thank wouldn't you have missed it who... for anything. Yes, we're getting a divorce. Yes. Yes, we're separating. Yeah, you're not getting a divorce. <laughs> That's not how that works. No, no. He's he's moving back home. <laughs> yeah, I'm moving back home. Okay, he spent the summer at the shore and he's moving back to... Lovely Washington D.C., ladies and gentlemen. So for all of our, all well, of our still viewers, wait, just to be very clear, yeah. we're still going to have the noon show. Oh yeah, yeah, just, yeah. You'll, you'll be, you'll yeah, it'll be split remote, screen. Split screen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but for those of those viewers who are in Washington, if you see him wandering the streets aimlessly, it really will be Zach because it's been like three months since he's spent any time there. There we go, Larry. Yeah. Look forward to getting a run in with yeah. you. Okay, we will be back tomorrow. Yes, indeed, at noon Eastern, nine Pacific, uh, eight a.m. in Anchorage and six a.m. in Honolulu. Eric's got it right. Pops trekked from his couch to the finish line. Uh, I did. Yes. Yeah. Good job, Dad. I did. I got wet. I mean, it was it pouring. was pouring rain. Yeah, and I got wet, and I, but I didn't mind. Thank you at all. Thank you. You know, I would have gotten wetter had it rained even harder. I would have been more than happy to. <laughs> See, See you guys. Thank you. See you all tomorrow. <laughs>